Hello, listeners. After recording this week's podcast, the host realized it would be published right after the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks against America. We wanted to take a moment to remember those we lost in 2001 and also on 9-11-2012 during the attack on the U.S. diplomatic outpost and CIA annex in Benghazi, Libya, where we lost Ambassador Christopher Stevens, Glenn Doherty, Tyrone Woods, and Sean Smith. Before we jump into the podcast, we would like to have a moment of silence for those we lost and their families. Thank you for joining us for the PEBCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 38 of 2021, and we have a shortened work week here in the U.S. due to the Labor Day holiday where we recognize the contributions of the labor force in America. I'm Chris Louie, and with me, I have my dark-bearded co-host, Brian Deach. Hey, hey, uh, you know, who doesn't like a short work week? I'll, you know, I'll take a 40 work week anytime. So anyways, good, good that we have the uh, Labor Day off. Hopefully you guys get to do something fun. And Glenn Medina, who keeps complaining about his swimming pool temperature. Talk about a first world problem. Everyone, welcome back and thank you for joining us. Happy to be bought back for podcast number 25. Yes, I do have first world problems with my pool. Um, it's 106 degrees outside right now. My pool is still telling me it's only 83. So there's a big delta of about 20 degrees. And I think that's probably right or should be. That's how that's how it should be. It should be, you know, something nice and cool, but I kind of like it up in the high 80s, low 90s, because that's just the way I roll. That's a that's a bath. That's not a pool. That's that's bath water, bro. Mine's 86. You don't like, 86 it. You right don't like now. it warm? I, you don't like no. it warm? Oh, I like it warm. No. I want that stuff cold. <laughs> Refreshing, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, Glenn, what I'm doing now, this is the world's smallest violin <laughs> playing for you right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know you don't feel for me at all. This week, we have our very first return guest, Rich Khan. Rich, I guess we did not stare you off the first time we did the podcast, so thank you for joining us again, and congratulations on the promotion. Oh, thanks. Congratulations to you on the promotion also. Uh, my pool is also super cold, and I like it that way. That's the best because it's hot outside. It's terrible to have a hot pool on a hot day. You, you don't want to get in a hot tub on a hot day. You want to get in a nice, refreshing cool pool right yeah otherwise the terrorists have won so let's keep a nice cold pool <laughs> that's right i've actually looked into a chiller for my pool have you guys seen those before well, yeah yeah that's because you live in 130 degree weather <laughs> bro it is only 102 out here today i think you're warmer than me <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty hot out here i don't know what's going on but there was a series of of a there was a heat wave Several days over a hundred, and then, or actually, a couple weeks, and then there was a, a chill. Like it, everything came down to about the low eighties, and I think the pool is adjusting. So that's what we call April in Arizona. Just so you're aware. <laughs> I can't. Hey, wait. Rich, uh, what kind of promotion did you get, bud? You you go into management or senior SE or? Yeah, I'm a senior SE, just like Mr. Louie here. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations, well deserved, well deserved to both of you guys. Couldn't happen to better people. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you on, Rich. 
Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On to our first topic. Our first topic covers a new type of crimeware called proxyware or bandwidth as a service. We should all remember that in 2018 when crypto mining software came out with services like CoinHive. It was a benign service which allowed users to lend out their CPU compute cycles to support website owners. Instead of having intrusive ads display to support a website, you could opt in to mine some Monero cryptocurrency while reading the website. In theory, it was a win-win. However, criminals co-opted this service and began mining on people's computers without their consent and without CPU power restrictions, and we saw the rise of crypto mining malware. We're starting to see a similar rise in what can only be described as proxyware or bandwidth as a service, and I did not even know this existed until I did the, the research for today's episode. So out there, there are some legitimate services such as Honeygain, where you can install software on your computer, you leave your computer on, and you can rent out your excess internet bandwidth to legitimate companies, and in return, you get paid for that bandwidth. That model works well because most internet users are not always utilizing their full internet bandwidth 24 hours a day. I'm not 100% sure what companies do with this extra bandwidth they buy from you, but I can see something like a company wanting to collect performance metrics for accessing their websites from different regions of the world. Without skipping a beat, malware authors out there are installing this proxyware software on unsuspecting users and renting out their bandwidth to these companies, and they're collecting those fees. Are we going to see a new wave of bandwidth stealing proxyware like we did with crypto mining malware? I'm going to say no. I don't. I don't know that there's a, enough revenue to be generated here. Like I, I'm with you, Chris. Like for a use case, is it like I, I have you know some website that I want to make sure that's always up and available. And I want to monitor the quality of that. Or maybe if I'm installing some sort of plugin, I can do, you know, run other queries, like search queries, like for flights or hotels and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. How much are they paying? It, it's a, if you have like three computers, 24 seven, you have at least 50 mega, megabits and download uh, or upload less than download. download? Uh, you can make like, 15 bucks a month or something they, they they pitch it like just give us some excess bandwidth you can pay for your netflix subscription so they they sort of pitch it that way so it's, it's not life-changing amounts of money but if you can if you think about how many hundreds of thousands of computers are infected with like trickbot or emotet some kind of type of botnet and you install this on every single one of them those those dollars could could add up yeah. quick I mean, 15 bucks i go to chick-fil-a F McDonald's. I don't know. It sounds like pretty compelling, Chris. Ta- yeah. Taco Bell's cheaper. You can get two lunches at, <laughs> at Taco Bell. So, <laughs> I mean, I look at this, right? If, if, I mean, how many of you guys at the start of, of COVID realized that there was a cap of like one point or one terabyte or 1.2 terabytes on your home internet? Did anybody ever realize? I knew. You knew, right? I, I always try to bump up against it just because well, you're paying for it. Right? I don't like my ISP. Yeah, 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 exactly. I did the same thing as well. Right. My father-in-law, you know, he was just like furious. He was like, Hey, I got, I got charged like an extra $300 because you know, the, the internet, the, they, they charged me extra. And I'm like, well, what happened? Well, he's got um, his four grandchildren that were staying with him 
And they were they were like doing like 1.5, 1.6 terabytes. And it was all, you know, home internet, you know, home video, whatever, right? School, whatever. YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. I can't imagine, right? But he was kind of shocked by that. And that was, I was a little upset. And I was thinking, well, what, what other ways could I go and just like get full range of the internet I'm using? And what you're saying is that's actually pretty cool. If you can make 15, 20 bucks, that's, that's worth it to me, right? Economies of scale, right? So it, yeah. really, fifteen dollars is not that big of a deal. But if I can infect like a hundred thousand computers and yeah. then sell that out for fifteen dollars a pop, yeah, then all of a sudden that's yeah really starting to help take the edge off. Yeah, I'm not good with math, but I'm pretty sure that's like seventy five dollars. Yeah, but but <laughs> but I am like you, Chris. I try and use every bit of the one point two that I that I have now. I mean, I, I've gone and got went unlimited, but now that the kids are gone. I might I might remove that unlimited plan that cost me an extra thirty bucks a month. Not really necessary anymore. If you really want to pop that easily, just go buy a new Xbox, right, and then re-download all your games. That's a that's an easy terabyte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge bandwidth suck. Yeah. I I have terabytes of data that is on my NAS that I upload up to OneDrive because I have, I have a significant amount of OneDrive storage that I could upload up there so if i see if i'm like at two days at the end of the month and i have 200 gigs left i'll set OneDrive to upload you know another 200 gigs up up to the cloud yeah but if you pay the extra 30 like i've been doing for the last year who cares <laughs> fill it right chris doesn't well, do that chris yeah. likes to save his yeah, money that, yeah so it's 30 dollars of chick-fil-a i could have got so let me tell you this story i would have sidelined this story again i apologize so back then do you remember when we had when you had to pay per minute on your cell phone and then at some point oh, yeah. They, yeah. they went and said hey you know i think it was sprint that says well, you could do unlimited in 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 network phone to phone no charge right yeah mobile to mobile, mobile to mobile sprint that. to sprint you're no charge so i think they had upset me at one point in time i'd been a lot like nine years with them or something like that and i was so upset that i went out and got new phones with another company and so what, what i did was i took the two phones i had one call the other and i left it them on the charger for the rest of the month <laughs> that's how upset i was <laughs> so uh. <laughs> I'm spiteful. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so on, on those those T-Mobile ads, when they say, you know, if, if you exceed, you know, like 0.01% of our subscribers exceed 50 gigs a month, we may slow you down. <laughs> that, that's you. You are the 0.01% that, that, that abuse the service. I am. <laughs> I can confidently say I never had Sprint. Yeah. They had a good product at one time. Like. I thought the push did. to talk, right? That yeah. was kind of was that was that them? No, that's Nextel. That was Nextel. Nextel. Yeah. yeah, Nextel yeah, was a great product. Yeah. yeah, Great. On to our next topic. Our next topic came from Brian when he unknowingly sent us a group text to let us know someone tried to fish him. As security practitioners, we have a heightened awareness for so-called SMS-based phishing or smishing scams. In general, never click on any links which are unsolicited or links that you're not suspecting. Also, a best practice is to never click on a link generated by a link shortener, such as Bitly. Bitly is a very useful tool to shorten really long links. For example, if I wanted to send our listeners to chrislouis.net slash pebcacpodcast is the best podcast in the world .php, that would be a mouthful and most people would not be able to remember it. But if I use a link shortener such as Bitly, there's a web address 
that I could send you to that would just be linkshortener.com slash pebcac. Don't actually go there. I have no idea where it sends you, but you get the point. Too late. The reason it is extremely powerful is the same reason it is dangerous. An attacker will not send a link to IWillStealYourMoney.com and expect a victim to click on it. They send them a shortened link, which seemingly looks innocent. The reason we're talking about this on the show is that Brian got a link in the form of emojis. I don't recall off the top of my head, but he got a message that said, Hey, go here. And it was like a cowboy hat, smiley face, an avocado, a winky face, a money bag, etc. Now, we had no idea this even existed until we looked into it further. And, and yeah, I was able to successfully craft an emoji link shortener to my website and I sent it out to the group. The reason this works, I suspect, is that under the covers, are emojis are just Unicode text. Every emoji has to be approved by the Unicode governing body for this exact reasons. Two different emojis cannot resolve to the same Unicode text or it will cause a collision. So this is something we just wanted to put on our listeners' radar out there to be aware that smishing scams involving emoji links. Yeah, when they sent that to me, I was like, you idiots, this doesn't work. And I clicked it and it worked. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was the sign of my ma- my mind being blown right there. I was like, "Man, these kids are dumb." And then I, and yeah, and it's been around since like 2017 or something like that. Yeah, it's been around a while. It's, it's just I, I've never gotten it. I've never even known that this was a thing. But yeah, apparently it's a thing. It so I could buy like poop emoji, poop emoji, poop emoji dot com. You so you can't buy the URL. I guess in theory you could because if you convert it to Unicode yeah. text, you can. Yeah. But it's, it's more of the link shortener. So I think it's like poopemoji.com and the link shortener owns that slash and then a series of emojis that sends you to the, the actual website. I think the most impressive thing about the, the link that was sent to me and the one that you created is like there was no actual ASCII ter- characters in there. There was no .com or .ly. It was a straight like Just party. an emoji? Wow. Just a, yeah. like 17 emojis that ended with a dancing woman. I was like, there's a party somewhere. Let's figure this out. <laughs> and, and Brian was like, yeah, I like this. Like, there's my invitation to the party. Yeah. Fun fact, if you go to bit.ly forward slash pepcac, it takes you to some random website. It doesn't even work, but it's for a connector to a compact presario. You guys remember those computers? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I do remember compact, yeah. Another pro tip is if you add a plus sign at the end of a bit.ly link to your browser, it will actually show you the expanded URL without having to click the link. So if you're wondering if this is legitimate or not, you can plug it in, add a plus sign to the end, and you can actually see where someone's trying to send you. Does it show that on the webpage, Chris, for our, our, re- our listeners? It just it shows the qualified URL. Is that right? Yeah, it'll it'll show the the actual yeah. URL that that they're sending yeah. it to. So, so as a security feature, Bitly put this in just for this exact reason, so you know where you're going before you click cool. it. Adorable. <laughs> it's a great pro tip. <laughs> Emoji link shorteners, be aware, be vigilant out That's there. Right. We're on to you, boys. No more wild watch wild west on my. Watch internet. this be the next hack, just like Howard University. <laughs> <laughs> it only took four years to get onto our radar that's right all right we have two apple stories here which i'll cover quickly so technically they fall under one story 
Uh, an update to Apple's child exploitation material detection. This is that client-side uh, photo detection we discussed on episode 21. Uh, Apple has agreed to delay the rollout of this feature, so it will not be included in the initial version, version of iOS 15. Due to privacy concerns and some quite strong feelings about the potential spying capabilities, Apple is going back to the drawing board to make it even more transparent to find a way to satisfy privacy groups while still protecting these defenseless children. The second story is, while we often praise Apple for their commitment to privacy and using strong encryption, maybe not for their now-delayed controversial CASM detecting feature, but for the most part, we like Apple for their security and privacy. You know who else likes Apple for privacy and security? Polish opposition leaders. During a money laundering case against a Polish opposition leader and his lawyer, the Polish police attempted to get into the opposition leader's iPhone to search for evidence of their crimes, but as it turns out, it was protected with a passcode. After several months of being unable to access the device, the device was returned and the charges were dropped. The Polish opposition leader and his attorney went out of their way to thank Tim Cook and Apple for building such a secure device. Now, neither of them are paid spokespeople for Apple, so I see that as a poke in the eye to the Polish prosecutors. So they couldn't hire some five-year-old kid from Turkey to go ahead and break that with, with like a glue and what with a what is it um, with a super glue and tape? They couldn't they couldn't do that. Couldn't figure it out. Try to lift the fingerprints off. You mean? Yeah, like really. <laughs> everybody else can do it it's like a youtube phenomenon right that you could see maybe it doesn't work maybe it's an urban legend grab a sibling and have them unlock the phone with their face could be i know apple had some protections uh against i think after so like after two failed face attempts then you have to plug in the passcode or after i think it's like 48 hours then you have to plug in the passcode or if uh, I have an iPhone 11, so if you hold the power button and the volume up button at the same time, then it forces you to go into passcode mode. So those are ways to potentially you know, disallow the, the biometric um, yeah. login. Yeah, so I, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? And I went back and looked at the article, and it, it, it made me think. I, I love the idea of what, of what Apple was, going, was talking about here as protecting the children, but then it made me take a take a left turn and go what if they were just doing that and looking at people's phones like the article said and we're just starting to scan what's on your directory even though you were an adult right at that point they have access to your stuff because you're giving them access right so i think that's probably one of the bigger reasons why they're uh they're they're taking a step back and not putting this out there i was actually surprised that apple caved into pressure because when i think of apple as this forward looking forward thinking company not caring what anybody says like I, I think about the apple the first company to kill off the floppy drive the first company to kill off the cd-rom drive the first company to kill off the headphone jack i mean these were really controversial decisions in their times but apple said nope we're doing it and looking back that you know it was probably the right move for them to to do all those things and this is one of the rare instances that i've seen apple actually backtrack on something that they've already committed to doing yeah you click on that though right so think about it who, who you're gonna sue who's who's gonna sue apple for missing a, a 3.5 millimeter jack whereas hey apple you put in this feature 
and now someone's got access to my pictures, right? So I think there's a subtle difference there. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so. But this for for this particular feature, it's it's only for photos that are going to iCloud, so they have a copy of it anyway. Mm. And every other single major provider does this today. So Box.com does it, Dropbox does it, OneDrive does it any type of online backup solution or file sharing solution, they all do that today. So Apple was one of the last ones on board, but they're creating the most noise about it, or their critics yeah. are at least. Hmm. Got anything, Rich? You're allowed to talk, buddy. <laughs> so this only applies to the uh, iCloud uploaded photos, not the ones that are actually on your phone. Because they have AI that's identifying all the pictures, even when it's local on your phone, right? You could search for couch and it'll bring up all the different pictures of a couch. You're telling me that they're not going to be fingerprinting and identifying things even when they're not uploaded to the cloud? That's what Apple says. They say pictures that are marked for upload, they'll do the scanning on the client side. And then only if there's a, a matching hash, then they send a, I, I forget what they call it, like a secure packet or something mm. up to notify Apple and notify the authorities uh, that this has happened. They set the threshold to 30 images. So you have to have at least 30 images that match, match these hashes to prevent any type of false positive. But yeah, it, it's photos that would get uploaded to iCloud anyway. And some people think that this is finally going to be the end-to-end -end encryption that people want for iCloud, because today iCloud's not, it, it is encrypted at rest on Apple servers, but Apple has access to it. So if you remember the San Bernardino case a number of years ago where they tried to get into this terrorist's phone and the FBI reset the password and Apple's like, hey, you idiots, if you did reset the password, this phone would have uploaded a backup to iCloud and we could have read that backup. So it's not as private as people think, but the, I think Apple's compromise was, We'll scan the photos on the device before they're uploaded. Therefore, we can encrypt the data at rest in iCloud and not even Apple can get into it. The balance of power here is the thing that gets me, gets me scary. Like, I understand, like, protect the kids. But, like, literally, there's a, there's a video on my phone of the other day. Like, I pulled up and, like, just happened to be a Corvette and a Mustang at a light. And, you know, I'm like, all right, I think we should race, right? And it's because these two were already getting ready to go after it. And so I jumped on it, right? And uh, I think we ended up going like 100 miles per hour. I'm literally breaking the law <laughs> on so many accounts on what I'm doing. When, when until you know the you know law enforcement is like, yeah, just uh, Apple, just give me all the people doing dumb things on video and send it over here. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a very long list of people. Gotta say. Yeah, probably. Or what if they miss me, right? They clocked it and they're like, oh, damn it! Like, uh, you know, these guys are too fast, but. Well, just think of the things that are think so think of the things that are associated with that, right? Right. So it's like, hey, let's say it's not you that gets caught, but one of them has an accident and takes out twenty bystanders that are standing on the side of the road. You get associated with that legally because you were part of that that race. Allegedly. So, allegedly, right? So <laughs> it's like the, the scope keeps getting bigger and bigger, right? So it's like, okay, how much do they really have access to and how much can they really prosecute based off of that? So can anyone explain to me what a Polish opposition leader would be? Because I think of like the Polish and I'm like, 
what's their biggest like hate crime like toilet papering someone's house like what who doesn't like them <laughs> that's like democrats and republicans here i would say it's it's the opposing political party the one that's not in power right now gotcha gotcha okay that makes more sense yeah no this, these aren't like political dissidents that are scared for their lives like these are just the the political party that doesn't agree with the views of the current party in power think of it like michael avenatti someone somebody like that although he is an actual criminal but somebody like him gotcha that makes more sense all right on to our last topic and our last topic is always going to be a rotating topic every week and i think this is a good one and i was waiting for rich to come back to discuss this and Due to scheduling conflicts, we had to wait until episode 25 to get him back on. Now, Rich, it's not a secret since you don't have a traditional four-year university listed on your LinkedIn page that you did not go the traditional route to obtain your BA or BS degree before entering into the workforce. That is true. Recent studies have, recent studies have also shown that your decision is increasingly becoming the more mainstream one where high school students are foregoing that four-year college education and getting work experience instead. From an academic perspective, the jury is still out on this one, but I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on whether a college degree is overrated these days. I don't think it's overrated. I just think it's overpriced. If <laughs> if I had the means to spend my early 20s at sleepaway camp partying with my homies, I would have definitely preferred that over working a tech support job and living with my parents. But... I didn't want to go into lifelong debt to go to sleepaway camp and party with my homies. I think that's, it brings up an interesting point because part of the argument of is a college degree overrated or is it, is it necessary? It, it goes back to the return on investment. So is student debt a problem here where, you know, the cost of college far outpaces inflation due to easy access to student loans? Like if college were more affordable, would it be worth the time investment of spending those four years instead of working, getting that, that experience? I think that, um, college is awesome, right? I don't think that it's overrated at all. I think that if you have the opportunity to go, I think that it's definitely something that, that you should consider, but it is ridiculously overpriced, right? If, if it's something that is out of reach financially, then there are definitely other options besides taking on mountains and mountains of debt that will never get paid off. Um, it, I, I don't think that it's necessarily any easier or harder to go either way, honestly. Um, I was able to get a tech support job more or less out of high school. I went to some night classes, got some certifications in like networking and help desk um and got a gig a couple months out of high school at ibm doing tech support and it was a great start right i mean i wasn't making anything i was making like 11 bucks an hour which back in the early 2000s was pretty much as little as it is right now um but i was lucky enough to be able to live with my parents um and work a pretty good entry-level job and i did that and you know eventually became the semi-professional individual that you see in front of you today. See, I feel very passionate about this subject. I don't think that college is for everybody, right? Like, I think if you're going to go to college and you're you're willing to incur some debt, I think I also think that there's a ton of scholarships out there 
if you want to work hard in, in, in cash flow, you can you can get through college with minimal debt unless you want to do an Ivy League school. But that's a different type of caliber person, right? Um, but I also don't dismiss the the blue collar work ethic, and I'll I'll just put it out there right now. We had a guy come over to the house to replace a windshield on my wife's vehicle, and then he goes, "Hey, your your window calibration specialist will be here in a couple hours." I'm like, "Oh, it's because we have a camera, so you have to have someone come out." He comes out, and he he well, actually he shows up to the house. He's like in a, a lifted Dodge or I'm sorry, Ram 2500. Younger kid, mid twenties, and uh, he, you know, pulls a vehicle out, does his thing, and I, you know, we just sit down and have a conversation. I'm like, "What's going on, dude? Like, I want to know a little bit more about your job. Do you like it?" He's like, "Oh, I love it." He's like, "Made like two hundred grand last year," and to bring in that kind of cash on a little bit on a blue collar job, I mean, it, it's it's warranted, right? And for him, he was just like, "The job is what it is." He's like, "I get paid per job, and however hard I want to work is what I'm going to make in life." And uh, so, you know, we became friends. And so I said, how many of you work at your, your company? So there's 10 of me. I was like, how much do you think your boss is making without even leaving his desk? He's like, that's a good point. So now he actually started his own um, windshield company <laughs> uh, to, to nice. help, you know, reap some of the, the benefits there. And then sponsored by Deech. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's, you know. Angel investor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, he had, he, trust me, he had plenty of money to be able to, to do this himself, right? He just needed a little bit of encouragement. And then the same thing, we actually uh, had Tesla uh, mobile service come out to do some uh, maintenance on my wife's vehicle. And to be a mobile service person, you don't need to have any experience, uh, or I'm sorry, any college education. They will train you on site. They have people that will come on there. And the starting pay is like in the mid 60s. Now, this guy had 20 years experience. He's making close to 90 grand a year. And he was a mechanic yeah. before, but he loves this job. He's like, I got a wife. I have kids. The benefits are insane. They do ESPP. And lo and behold, like, and he's like, and they give me my own tools. I don't have to buy my own tools anymore. It's insane. Nice. Now, the guy that you had start his own business, uh, that's not as easy as just saying I was starting my own business. How, how did he go about doing all that without having any kind of business background, education? Exactly. That's one of the big things is you have to go further education, try to figure out how to run a balance sheet, how to get incorporated, how to carry your own insurance and do this stuff. But a lot of it was just, it's the legwork getting out there and spreading the name, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But a little bit of handholding goes a long way on that stuff. Yeah. I I for one don't, yeah, I for one don't think we have enough people going to the trades, plumbers, electricians, welders whatnot i mean I've, I've gone and tried to get some work done on my engine just a machinist and there if you if you asked me 20 30 years ago i could find i could open the yellow pages i could probably get two three pages four pages of machinists that are in the area now you try and find one and you've got to drive over to the next city and when i say machinists it's like guys that know how to tear apart an engine can tell you what the bore diameter is can tell you where true uh, true center is can do a you know can do all these things and that that skill is gone um and you're like wow so what's gonna happen in the future when you know all these all these things need to happen and 
you know, the, the repairs need to happen because we can't just keep building stuff and not repair them, right? This stuff's not disposable, right? Or maybe that's where we end up going, where we're just going to dispose of engines and, and things and whatnot. So I, like I said, I, I'm a firm believer that if you want to go into the trades, you should. You shouldn't be forced to go into college just because your mom and dad you tell say, you to. When you, you say, think that's the word it needs to go. Yeah. When you say yellow pages, you mean Google? Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that, that I'm dating myself now, yeah. <laughs> Go on Yelp. Yeah. Yeah, now it's all 3D printing. Now it's all CNC machines. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy now that, it, and it is, to your point, it is a disposable economy. Like, there are no more microwave repair people. I'm sure there are, but like you said, it's a, it's a dying breed. It's, you know, this this thing's lasted 10 years. You got three extra years than it was supposed to last. You just toss it and go buy a new one. My son found an insane scholarship. So he wants to go to college. He wants to do what I do in life, but he wants to get a, a degree in computer science. And he, in same thing, like 4.0, like not as great as, as uh, Glenn's daughter being valedictorian in a highly competitive <laughs> school, which is insane. Congratulations to her yet again. But uh, he found Kentucky State University, which is 100% merit-based. If you have a 3.5 GPA or higher, and you score like a 26 on your ACTs, it's room, board, tuition, the whole nine yards. It's insane. So there are opportunities awesome. out there, but you got to be hungry, you know? And yeah. If you're going to go to college, to, you know, to be a librarian, not knocking librarians, but like, come on, like, I don't know that you need to have a degree to do that. You do. Yeah. You I, need to have like, the, serious oh, degrees yeah. to be a librarian. It's no joke. <laughs> you like, need to have a master's. Yeah. That's serious business right yeah. there. Right, so does, well, does got, that make a, any sense? At least accounting, right? Because the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, so. Dewey Decimal, man. It's all about that Dewey guy. <laughs> Does that really make any sense to go to school to be a librarian? Like, how badly do you have to love books? Because I don't know that you're going to be rocking it as a single family income off of that. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know what librarians pull in. Probably not Should enough to look. justify a master's. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. I received generally terrible like advice some... coming out of high school, right? Like I was into computers in the early 2000s, right? I graduated high school in 2001 and my guidance counselors were like, yeah, go get a computer science degree, learn how to code. And I like, uh, besides from like basic scripting, like I just do not have the temperament for coding, but I was like really into like putting stuff together and like building networks and that kind of thing. Um, so I got some certifications in that, right? I just went and I learned that. I couldn't figure out how to learn that in a four-year school at the time. Maybe it was out there. Maybe it wasn't. Um, but I definitely did not want to go and learn how to code at the time. Um, so I got into networking more or less. We had very similar stories. I, I did get a degree, but I also followed in suit of like, hey, CompTIA, like Network Plus, A Plus, Novell Networks, Microsoft certifications. I went down that route and I felt like, the university degree was trash compared to like the what I actually learned from these certifications yeah. and whatnot. The real life, it's like hands-on experience. Yeah. yeah, I always said once I figured out practical. what I wanted to do, I would go back and get the degree for it. But I've just ended up going and get more certs along the way. I constantly uh, learning, constantly yeah. reading. You know, I think that I don't want to confuse not supporting the four-year college cycle with not constantly learning, right? It's definitely something. If you want to party, go to college. If you want to learn, go to the library. Marry a librarian. Don't tell, don't tell my daughter that, Rich. 
<laughs> well, that's fair. I'm not going to tell my kids the same thing either, right? I'll tell you guys this, but no, my kids go to school. <laughs> See, I don't tell my kids. But my, they, they my kids listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> the kids, the kids, yeah. they don't. My kids don't have to go to college. They they have options. But living on my couch isn't one of them, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Sure. And college teaches you some soft skills, so not necessarily academic. Like you learn time management, and problem solving, and social skills. Like how not to be a social pariah at schools. How not to be a social pariah at work. So there, there are certain things that, that college can teach you that. Sure. Yeah, it might not necessarily be academic. I don't know about the, but the social stuff. To be honest with you, like I, I see more and more of this very, very awkward dating life for some of these kids, where they're they're on a date and they're just sitting there on their phones communicating with each other. It's just like. Mm. Like, you got to put that down to be able to make this thing actually work. Do you guys see that at all or no? I kind of agree. I don't know how much the the college experience is preparing you to be a professional person in a real job. They seem like two drastically different things. I I certainly remember when I was in my early 20s working a real job, looking at all my friends in college and thinking, that doesn't seem like my experience right now. Now, something like shower every day like you, if, you, if you don't shower every day then no one's going to sit next to you in class if you don't shower every day no one's going to want to work with that's you that's fair that's fair i think you can learn those things on the job or hopefully like you have most of those things on lock before you get out of high school <laughs> there's a cheaper way to do that chris without having to pay for school actually you can get paid it's called the military they'll tell you when to shower <laughs> they'll tell you when to eat they'll also tell you what to wear <laughs> you will grow up if you go in the military you very will, very quickly i, I I did that for my for seven years. Trust me, I, I I quickly realized I didn't want to be in the military anymore, and I did want to go back to school. So that was the one good thing. Did you have a GI Bill pay for it all or no? I did. Nice. I did forty eight thousand dollars. Yeah. So thank you, Uncle Sam. So you just had to risk your life for it, but thank you. I know it's okay. <laughs> good. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian is up. All right. I walked into a Starbucks the other day and asked them for a medium roast. She responded, you have below average ears. (laughs) Get it? She roasted me, guys. Come on. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. All right, to wrap things up, Proxyware is a legitimate piece of software which is being abused by malicious actors. Attackers are getting more clever with emoji link shorteners. Apple's phones are so secure, not even the Polish government can break in. And a college degree is not necessarily required in today's workforce. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. You can help us grow the show by telling someone else about it, and your chances of getting sunburnt for the rest of the summer season just went down by 20%. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help you grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-hosts Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, and our guest Rich Khan, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week, and as always, have a nice day. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Bye, Diamond Hands. Thanks for having me.